On this edition of the Seco Sports Forum podcast, we have our, our special co-host today, Jay Pinsano. His sports byline in the Seacoast Media Group of newspapers that includes the Portsmouth Herald and Foster's Daily Democrat, and also their internet site. Hey, Sherm, how are you? Let's jump right into it. Uh, baseball, it's, it's, uh, we're getting into the ninth inning, so to speak, of the schoolboy baseball season. A uh, lot of lot of uh, action, and and uh, I think a lot of uh, the weather's cooperated, so a lot of good contest. Uh, have you had, uh, in your opinion, any surprises? Yeah, I think the um, I think the biggest surprise from uh, not only here in the seacoast and, and across the state is actually um, how well uh, Winnicott has done this year. Um, Aaron Abood, the head coach over there, um, thought back in the uh, when the off season started and the preseason work started for this spring started back in December. He he used a term. He thought he said that he thought Winnicott could be sneaky good. Um, he thought that uh, we we he thought Winnicott would be overlooked because Joe Allen had graduated. Um, however, um, uh, pitching has been strong. Uh, Winnicott has led is is leading all of Division One in runs. Um, and uh, they have had contributions from up and down the lineup. So I think between the pitching and the batting from Winnicott, and I think that's a big surprise right now, Division One so far. And uh, all our local Seacoast teams are doing well. Um, yeah. Exeter right now is in second place with a 12-3 and record. Uh, Portsmouth with a big win yesterday in extra innings at Pinkerton. Uh, that gets them to 11-5, and and that snapped a three-game losing streak for uh, Tim Hopley's group over there. And um, uh, so between Exeter, Winnicott, and Portsmouth, those are three Seacoast teams that are, that are in the top six, seven teams right now in the state's highest division. Uh, um, Londonderry leading the way, of course, with Connor Fennell at 15 and one. I think they're still, I think they were the preseason favorites to win it. And I still think that uh, they've done nothing but solidify that preseason uh, reputation of them still being the favorite to win it all uh, next month at, uh, at uh, the Fisher Cats. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Now, how many teams are going to actually be involved in the tournament? Yeah, for Division One, there's uh, 15 of the 22 teams make the uh, tournament. Uh, the number one seed will get a bye, and then uh, the two seed will open against the number 15 seed and so forth. And then, um, so 15 to answer your question with the top seed getting the loan by mm -hmm. in uh, division one, which I think Londonderry pretty much has already sewn up right now with uh, only uh, one final week left here in the regular season. But some of the other divisions don't have the buy because of the, the you know shorter list of teams involved, but let, let's get to two, three, and four. Uh, any of the Seacoast teams that are still, you know, in in the mix of things. Yeah, St. Thomas is uh, right now. They're two. Uh, they're ten and three right now. They played in the uh, Division Two state championship the last two years. Uh, they had they've had a good start. They were ten and one. Uh, they've lost their last two games. They lost on Monday at home against Hollis Brookline, a very good Hollis Brookline team. They lost eleven to nine on Monday, and then they lost uh, yesterday five to four at Sanborn. Sanborn's now seven and six. So that's a little bit of surprise there. Uh, the Hollis Brookline team that beat St. Thomas, uh, they were 
but they're now 10 and three, the same, the same record as the saints. And uh, both of those schools are looking up at undefeated Hanover right now at 13 and uh, at 13 and zero, and then oyster river, the only other Seacoast team in uh, division two, they're down the pack there at five and eight. And they are um, right now, they are fifth from the bottom in the standing. So hopefully they, hopefully the Bobcats can do enough to, uh, to sneak their way into the tournament in uh, division two. Do you have for division one, the, the uh, date that the, the tourney actually kicks off yet? I believe Tuesday, May 30th, if I'm not, it's either Tuesday, May 30th or Wednesday, May 31st. Okay. And of course, weather, <laughs> mother nature, Correct. Can play, play, Correct. Play mother nature uh, yes. always is a factor in those plans. I want to ask you, how's your son doing? How's, how's the pitching going? Uh, the, uh, yeah, um, collectively the Winnicott pitching staff, uh, uh, they're uh, they're twelve and four going into uh, going into the game to the uh, this afternoon against Timberlane. Um, Ethan Nowak, a senior, has a zero point five one ERA. Um, he won his uh, fourth game of the season last night at um, at Trinity in a five inning game. And then uh, my son Jason is the other pitcher. Um, he got a uh, he got a five inning uh, one hitter at Goffstown on Monday. Goffstown came in to that game as the highest scoring uh, team in the state of New Hampshire, and uh, Winnicott had pulled out a uh, fifteen to nothing shutout at St. Anselm College on Monday. Um, I did the unthinkable, and uh, the baseball gods got me. I mentioned that uh, Winnicott had had a no hitter going into that fifth inning, and uh, sure enough, the baseball gods. Uh, had the had the leadoff hitter get a single up the middle. So as soon as I as soon as I said the as soon as I mentioned a no hitter, I jinxed it and uh, Winnicott settles for a uh, one hitter and a fifteen nothing win over a very good Goffstown team. Jay, you know better than that. <laughs> I, I know I I I know better than that. And uh, Coach Abu told me that, and many other uh, Winnicott parents told me that, and. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't feel as bad because it was, it was, uh, I jinxed my own kid, but, uh, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. If I jinx him, they get the win. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, the win the win is what counts, but I mean, right. just, you know, yeah. An old baseball guy like you, especially we shift gears a bit. The girls softball this year, uh, everybody was focusing in on the defending champion Exeter blue Hawk girls. And, uh, they went undefeated up to this last game, which, was a crucial game. Uh, they're they're really locked in a three way race now with Concord, who defeated them four to one. So that there goes the uh, perfect season. But we'll get to that in a second. But the other thing is the uh, Winnicott Warriors are right there with them too. So it's a three way race. Winnicott beat Concord, Exeter beaten by Concord. So right now Concord is on the top of the heap going towards the tournament. My question to you is. Losing a game going when you're on a perfect season roll is losing a game going towards the tournament a good thing, you think? I, I've always agreed with that. And I've, and I've always, uh, uh, if you talk to any coach, I don't think any coach wants to lose, but sometimes a loss isn't as bad as other losses because sometimes it gives, uh, gives any team a wake up call, um, especially with, uh, um, I'm not saying this was with uh, Exeter last night with softball, but I was talking to Kristen Morissette after the game, and uh, she said that was the first game that they had lost in over a year. Um, right. 
and they beat uh, they beat Concord in last year's Division One state championship game. And now um, I think uh, I think having a loss it may not be that bad because uh, um, it 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 resets the it resets Exeter, it gets them focused, right. and it knows that they're just not going to go out there and win just because they had not lost a, a game in one year. And they are the defending Division One state champions, and uh, you never want to lose. But I think uh, I think Exeter losing to a very very good Conquer team is not as bad as say Exeter losing to one of the teams at the bottom of the uh, standings. It shows them um, that there is work to be done if they were to uh, get back to Plymouth and uh, contend and uh, hopefully win another a second straight uh, Division One state championship. Well, I know uh, Coach uh, Morissette has the uh, team tuned up and ready. And uh, like you say, it's it's almost better to, to and especially if you're going to lose one, lose it to a team that it motivates you to go after them even stronger when we get into the tourneys. Correct. Losing your fourth to last game of the season may not be bad because you still get, you, you still get one week of regular season games left. You have three games left uh, to reset and get the bats going and, uh, and focus on that ultimate goal of uh, winning a state championship. Because at the at the end of the day, it's right. all it's always who won in June up at Plymouth State. So, exactly. um, yeah. so the Exeter is still in. I still say Exeter and Concord will be there at the end. Uh, Winnicott may surprise some teams, but um, uh, they've had a good year. But uh, I, I think uh, I think Kristen will have her team uh, focused and. Uh, ready to go next week in the final week of the regular season. And then uh, all guns blazing for the, uh, the play, uh, the uh, playoffs to start the following week. Before we wrap up with the, uh, especially schoolboy baseball segment, just to give us some real key players from, from the teams here in the Seacoast, again, that are, that are going to be factors you, in your opinion. Right? Yeah. I think if, I think starting, we, I think you have to start with Exeter because they're, uh, they're number two. Right now, they're twelve and three. Um, was really impressed with the um, with uh, soft with two sophomores, um, shortstop, second baseman, pitcher Hayden Schmoller. Uh, he's a very dynamic player. Uh, he's got a nice glove in the field. He's been Exeter's leadoff hitter all season, and then he's also pitched uh, very hard throwing, uh, right-handed sophomore with with good off-speed stuff and. Uh, Cam Pawicki, um, he's another sophomore right-hander. He's he faced Winnicott and uh, he won that game. It was a uh, extra won that game on a on a walk-off walk of all things. Um, so those I think Schmoller and uh, Pawicki, uh, and then you have George Young that spearheads that rotation with uh, with Exeter. That's as good as three pitchers. Uh, that any that any team can throw out there, and then and then they have Camp Cavini, uh, another strong left-handed pitcher. So that so Exeter's deep there. Um, I think pitching will carry Exeter. Um, I think there are better offensive lineups that other teams may have, uh, but they but Exeter has. I think Exeter has enough offense with Ryan Morgado, with uh, George Young, with Schmoller, with uh, Cam Snee, with Cavini. Um, with Roger Davis at third base, I think they have enough to to score three or four runs and and expect their pitching to to hold true. Um, 
And then if you go over to Portsmouth, it starts with uh, Matthew Minkler. He's had a great season. Um, he has turned in – he has basically taught himself to be a switch hitter now. So he was primarily a right-handed hitter. Now he's now he's uh, now he's a switch hitter, uh, and he's he's has as good of an average as the in, in the left-handed batter's box as he did as a right-hander. And it's uh, he's been pitching for them as well, and um, he's been strong in the mound. And you get Bowden Driscoll there. Um, he has he has been he has been uh, hit hit a couple games, but he has shown in the past that he can compete and compete well in the division one, uh, uh, baseball landscape. Um, you have Elliot miles there in Portsmouth. He's a great third baseman with power and he's also, uh, can pitch for them as well. So I think those are, those are three or four kids. And you also have to, and Jay Carlisle, Jay Carlisle pitched, uh, uh, six great innings yesterday and held a very good, uh, uh, Pinkerton team to one earned run over six innings. And uh, so he's he's developed into a quite a pitcher for uh, Tim Hopley over there with Portsmouth. Um, so Portsmouth's uh, eleven and five, and they're going to contend. Uh, I, I think they have a shot to get to Manchester in the finals, um, and then and then Winniconnet. Um, as I've said earlier, they they have the most they've scored the most runs in the state so far. Um, it starts with Ethan Nowak, a great two way player. Uh, when he's not pitching, he's in the outfield. And he's batting close to 500. Um, he's batting close to 500. He's gonna. He has an ERA of 0.51. Um, he's a, he's a hard throwing left hander with good off speed stuff. He's gonna be playing at Endicott College uh, next year, and I think Endicott's like number three ranked in Division three right now. So it starts with him at the top of the lineup, and then they have they have two juniors who have who uh, actually three juniors who have really uh, shined in their first year of varsity um, uh, play in uh, Jackson Lark, who's served as the designated hitter for most of the season, and Miles Pratt, a very good uh, number two batter in the lineup who can who can uh, play a flawless center field. And then uh, Timmy Knight at the bottom of the order, he's batting over 350, and he's he's been uh, doing well at shortstop. And then – and then uh, Jake Fredericks, in uh, uh, all-state football player, all-state baseball player, he had his uh, he hit his third home run of the season on Monday against Goffstown, and he's batting close to 400 with uh, three home runs and close to 20 RBI. So, so uh, uh, those are uh, of of the Seacoast teams. Those are the top Seacoast teams, and I think those are some of the key players. On those uh, on those teams and going into the uh, playoffs, London Dairy, if they do get the top seed, uh, they're going to have some challenges from some of these guys in the Seacoast. That's what counts. I think so. I think so. But they, I think, arguably, um, there's a lot of good pitching in the state of New Hampshire at, at the Division One level. And I think uh, if you're talking about who's the who's the best pitcher in the state, and I think uh, I think on everyone's ballot there would be Connor Fennel. Uh, with the Londonderry, he he's probably one of the top pitchers, if not the top pitcher in the state. Um, Pinkerton has some good arms. Goffstown has a kid named Will Perkusky, who's going to be going to Southern New Hampshire University next year. We mentioned the three arms at uh, at Exeter. Um, Concord has a couple good arms in uh, Brooks Craig, 
who's going to Southern New Hampshire. They also have Nate Wachter, who's uh, the who's the uh, uh, the young brother of Jonah, who um, uh, led uh, Concord to the Division uh, One state final in uh, in twenty one. You got uh, you got Aiden O'Connor from Bedford uh, as a great left handed pitcher. Um, so there is a tons of tons of good arms in the state of New Hampshire, but I think Londonderry 15 and one. Um, I think they are, they could have the best in Connor Fennel. Well, it's all on a given day and, and mother being a factor, uh, if everybody stays healthy and, and the guys going out there and, and just putting it all out there on a given day and in every game of the tournament, that's what counts. Well, let's go from the schoolboy to the big boys. <laughs> let's head down to Fenway Park. I know you you have a vested interest, as we mentioned in our last uh, interview, that uh, you know you're a season ticket holder down there. Uh, let's let's talk as, as a fan. What what are you thinking about what you're seeing at Fenway? The um, it hasn't been as uh, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, they've had some good moments when they had that eight game winning streak. The Red Sox, I think, at this point of the season, I think they've overachieved. They're above 500. They're in last place in a very good, in a very good American League East. When um, uh, Tampa Bay's in first, Baltimore. I think mm-hmm. last time I looked there, Baltimore's 13 games over 500, doing well, and uh, Toronto's in third, and the Yankees are in fourth, and the Red Sox are in fifth, and I think all teams are above 500. So. Uh, I was going to say surprising to me was the fact that San Diego spending a lot of money, a lot of money to try to take on the Dodgers. And so far ain't working. <laughs> no, right now the Padres are in fourth place yeah. in uh, the NL West and they're four games under 500. They're 20 and 24. The Dodgers are in first place. And I think the surprising team out there is the Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. when they're six games above 500 right now. And, uh, the Rock uh, the, and 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 the uh, Rockies are in last, only one game behind San Diego. So, well, what I wanted to ask you about Major League Baseball, your take on the pitch clock and the, the bigger bases and anything that they've thrown in so far this season. What are you? What are your opinions about those? Yeah, I really haven't noticed anything about the bigger bases per se, but the I'm still I'm still confused with the with the whole two pitching infractions that Jansen had last. Uh, Last week, because I, there was, um, there was, uh, he was called for a violation when there was like, I think there were like 10, 10 or 11 seconds left. And they, and I guess he didn't give the batter enough time to get set, but I, I was confused before. I was even further confused after that. And, yeah. and I think the announcers on Nesson watching that game, they were, they were confused as well. The other thing that's been brought up, uh, they're not using it yet, but, they are in the minor leagues, the robot umpiring. Have you heard about it? And what do you think about it? I've heard that being tried at the minor league level. I've not really seen the results of that, but uh, um, I think that would take uh, part of the human element away from, from the game. And I don't know if I would agree with that because I think for the most part, of course, umps are going to struggle from here and there, but they get graded they get tested after every game. And I think they're doing a very good job. And I just think bringing in some robotic umpire to, to, to tell the umpire in, in his ear, if it was a ball of strike, I think that's unnecessary at this point. I like the pace of the game though. I think it's shorting the games up. Yeah. Um, I do like that where you where 
a game is not lasting three and a half to four hours where you can, it's an odd now if a game's last three hours where most games are over between two hours and 15 minutes to two hours and 45 minutes. So I think that's a, I think that's a good pace. And uh, I think offensive numbers are up, which is good. And I think you're um, a lot more teams are running, which is good. And it's just more involved. And I think, and I think uh, you're not hearing about the pitch clock as much now as we were at the beginning of the season, except for the two instances with Jansen last weekend. But uh, I think overall, I think the changes have done what they wanted it to do. And I think it's putting the game in a better spot. I, I think the one negative that uh, that some teams have changed is the uh, when they're cutting off uh, beverage sales in the uh, concessions <laughs> with the uh, yeah with the pace of the game now. Let's just go quickly about the different sports uh, in in uh, New England. The Bruins get bounced out of the Stanley Cup after having their record breaking season. Uh, what was your take there? Yeah, that was uh, surprising, disappointing, frustrating, and uh, I started getting. I don't watch hockey much, but I at the end of the regular season when they were going for the record, which they got, I I started to watch them and, and enjoy what they were doing, and then. When they were up three-one against Florida, I thought, "All right, this is this could be a good little uh, season for them to make a run at the cup." And um, reason I don't think anyone would have expected three straight losses, especially Game Seven at the Garden. But it happened, and then and then Florida not only beat the number one seed, they they went out and beat Toronto, which I believe where they were either, I think they were the three seed, right. Um, so they've uh, they've proved that they weren't a jo- that they were that they were for real and them beating Boston wasn't a fluke but I think everyone was uh, a little surprised that the um, ruined season ended as quickly as it did. Celtics, boy, boy do you think uh, any chance of a Lakers Celtics oh, championship? <laughs> I think all the old timers like us would love a uh, would love a Celtics Lakers uh, yeah, final. Yeah. Those are always good and and who better. Who better than to renew this that rivalry than uh, than uh, than facing LeBron one more time in the finals? Well, before we wrap up, we always go to the two minute drills. Is there something you'd like to bring up? Just going to be a fun uh, a fun final week of the regular season for all sports and uh, and but um, not only baseball but softball, lacrosse, tennis, track and field, all these sports, uh, these spring sports, especially the seniors who are in their final final weeks of their high school careers and and a lot of these kids are are this is their last week they're going to be involved in in right. competitive athletics where they're not going to be able to play at the collegiate level and this is it for them so i'm um, just hoping for that all these kids enjoy it and they appreciate uh uh the time they're in and they uh and uh have fun and hopefully we see some good tournament games and some good playoff games here in the next month. It should be a, uh, it, I, I texted one coach this morning. I said, it, it's, it's going to be in a fun next three weeks. And uh, this coach said, yes, or it could be a disappointing uh, three weeks, depending on how, yeah. uh, depending on how it goes. So this is it. This is the big, yeah. big show coming up. So good luck to all of the Seacoast teams. And for that matter, all the teams that have been putting their, heart and soul out there all season long. We will uh, we'll be keeping posted on them. The other thing I wanted to ask you about and, and an update on the uh, status of the Seco Sports Awards. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, this was scheduled for Monday, June 26th. Um, 
we are owned by Gannett, which is USA Today. Um, they're the company that they uh, put out to put up these live events across the country. Um, they um, eliminated a lot of their shows across the country. We were hopeful that we were going to avoid being cut. Um, we got word about a month ago that we were that we were on the uh, cut list. Um, my Myself and my supervisors um, fought. Uh, we went. We were able to get all the way up to the president of USA Today, and uh, we thought we had it back. Um, but unfortunately, uh, there were a couple sponsors uh, that we had before that uh, uh, did not return this year. And uh, if if the show was going to operate at a loss, as in, as insignificant a loss it may have been. If it was not a money maker, they were gonna cancel our show, and and we we had a great year last year in um, at the award show with Charlie Coyle of the Bruins. We were hoping the success that we've had last year and the years before were gonna were going to save us for this year. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, however, we hope it's a one year hiatus, and we're back at the music hall next year. But you guys are going to, you and Brandon are going to do something to. Yes. To so we, yeah. So um, we still have all our fall nominees. We still have our all winter nominees. We're going to have all our spring nominees and our spring winners and fall winners and, and uh, winter winners, but un- not having a live show, we can't present the, the winners at that, but we will announce and uh, all our, winners for all the sports throughout the fall, winter, and spring seasons online and in print. And I believe that is scheduled to come out in late June. So although we do not have a live event that everyone was hoping for, we still will have our winners uh, in all all of our nominees for all our sports for the fall, winter, and spring seasons coming in online and in print in uh, late June. For my two-minute drill, I just want to go back quickly to uh, the Exeter Bluehawks softball team. We were talking about Coach Kristen Morissette. Well, her assistant coach is Joe Quinn. And Coach Quinn and his son, Brady, have a great father-son journey that they're on. And they're going to be our guest on a very special Seco Sports Forum next time around. Hope you'll join us. And if you're enjoying the program, please pass the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. If you have any questions, comments, Seco Sports Forum at yahoo.com. Jay Pinsano, you can catch him. He's on the Seacoast Media Group newspapers. That includes the Portsmouth Herald and Foster's Daily Democrat and also on their internet site. So on behalf of Jay, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.